بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاه والسلام على اشرف الانبياء والمرسلين محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وعلى اله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا فما بعد my brothers and sisters as we said we have been talking about the sahaba radhiyallahu anhum ajma'in and as i mentioned to you we respect all of them and we do not raise one over the other except where rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam mentioned somebody as having superiority over others and the first and foremost of them is abu bakr as-siddiq radhiyallahu anhu the i don't know where to begin from his story Uh, I'm not doing a whole seerah of Abu Bakr Siddiq Radhiallahu Anhu obviously here because of the time, but there are so many things which are outstanding and unique with respect to him. And the important thing to understand is that being outstanding and unique among people who are themselves not very outstanding is easy, right? Today that is why if you look at it. people give each other big titles and what not today if you can recite one surah properly then you are considered to be some some great sheikh or something but uh, what if you lived in the time of say uh, imam ahmed bin hanbal rahmatullahi alayhi he had a friend who he used to call his sheikh and his name was bishar bishar al hafi So people asked Imam Ahmad. They said, "Why do you call him your Sheikh? Because he is not more learned than you. He is not. He does not know more Hadith than you. He does not know whatever he knows, you know." And Imam Ahmad said, "I call him my Sheikh because he has the hasil of ilm. He has the essence of knowledge." They said, "What is that?" He says, "Khushyatullah." <coughs> Now, Imam Ahmad, why do I mention him? Because, and I'll come back to say that Abu Bakr Siddiq Al-Anu. I mention him because the reason I'm saying is because one day a man came to him and asked him, "How many ahadiths should a person know before he can extract rulings?" Right? Today, may Allah forgive us. We find one hadith from somewhere and we are ready to give one fatwa about this is haram, this is halal. Inna lillahi wa inna ilaihi rajiun. So they asked him. They said, Imam Ahmad. They said, "How many hadiths should a man?" And no meaning. Memories, right? how many hadith should a man have memorized and when we say memorize we are not looking only at the at the wording of the hadith we are looking at the whole thing from from the all the narrators and everything else so imam ahmed did not reply he didn't say anything so this man was persistent so he said and see where he starts from the reason i'm saying is this shows the level of knowledge of the time right See where this man starts. Does he say, "Is it necessary to know one hundred hadith, or even one thousand hadith?" No. He said, "Is it is it enough to know ten thousand hadith?" He's starting with ten thousand hadith. If if somebody is starting with ten thousand hadith, what does it tell you about the level of knowledge of the time? Imam Ahmad Rahmatullahi says no. He says twenty. He says no. He says thirty. He says no. And this goes on until he says one hundred and twenty thousand hadith. And Imam Ahmad said maybe. Eh? 
So to look good among people who are themselves weak is easy. And that is why people like me survive in this world today. Wallahi, I'm not, I'm not saying this jokingly, I'm not being humble. This is my opinion about myself, Vital, and my Rabb knows Jalla But my point is that in times where people were knowledgeable like this, to be the best among them is a very difficult matter. And who are the best of the best? Are the Sahaba of Rasulullah Wasallam. To be the best of the best among them. Now that is something incredible. And that was Abu Bakr Siddiq. When the Banu Hashim were being, uh, the first batch of people had gone to Abyssinia, the uh, Hijra, the Banu Hashim, Rasulullah's family were uh, boycotted in the uh, in the Shaiba Talib. And great hardship was there. Abu Qasiddiq was not inside this boycott, but he was so tired of all this, he said, I will leave, I will also go to Abyssinia. So he left Makkah and he proceeded on the way to Yemen. From there he would boat board a ship to go to Abyssinia and on the way about four or five stages from Makkah he passed by a tribe and the head of this tribe was a man by the name of Ad-Dughna. Now Ad-Dughna was a friend of Abu Ghassidiq also but he was also the head of this tribe. This tribe was related to the Quraysh so they were powerful people. He saw him he said where are you going? He said I'm going I'm leaving I'm going to Yemen. He said for what? He said this is this whole persecution and stuff is too much. I am sick of this. Dukhna said, this is impossible. How can Abu Bakr not be in Makkah? He said, you are an asset to the place. You are an asset to the city. You are an asset to all of us. You can't leave us and go like this. This is not, uh, you know, not correct. So he said, I will give you protection. So he called his, three, four, he had four or five sons. He called his sons. They all put on their mail and armor and, and, and weapons and whatnot. And they came. And he stood at the Kaaba and he announced, he said, Abu Bakr, uh, he said, Siddiq, he is my, under my protection. Nobody will bother him. See what the Quraysh say. The Quraysh says, sure, we will give you protection, we accept, we respect this protection. But we have a condition. And what is the condition? He said, the condition is that Abu Bakr, must pray inside his house where nobody can see him and nobody can hear him. Yeah. See, I mean, this tells us the kind of people these were. They are not saying he should not go and give bayan. They are not saying he should not go in tabligh. They are not saying he, he must not talk to people. No, he should not pray where somebody can see him. So Dugna said, what kind of a condition is this? You know, what does it bother to you? Let him pray anywhere? They said, no. They said, his salah is a danger for us. Said, Why? We said, because when he is praying... Our women and our youth, they see him praying and they are coming to Islam. Just listening to his Qiratul Quran, listening to his khushu, looking at his khushu, looking at his tears, looking at his connection with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The man is not talking to anybody. He's, he is with his Rabb Jalla Jalalu. He said, seeing his salah is a danger for us. Seeing him pray, our people are coming to Islam. We don't want this. So they... Ad-Dughna asked uh, Abu he said, okay. A couple of days passed and he couldn't, he himself couldn't bear this thing of praying, you know, inside his house. 
so he came out he, he had built a small like a musalla a small masjid that that's supposed to be the first musalla or masjid in islam built by ugar siddiq radhiallahu in makkah so just out in out in his courtyard he had built it so he came out there he started praying so the people they they went to the they see your 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 friend has broken the truce right he gave this condition now so dogna told him you know please what is this ugar siddiq radhiallahu said look if i don't have your protection then will you tell me do this do that he said no if you if I, if you refuse my protection then i have not i have nothing to say to you he said i refuse your protection the protection of allah is enough for me this is abugasi zarudala you know one of the things i always envy the sahaba ridwanullah alayhim this is the, this is one of the one of the permissible uh, reasons to envy somebody there are two permissible reasons to envy somebody one is you can envy someone who is uh, strong in deen and say that i wish i was like this and the other thing is you can envy somebody who is very good he's saqi he is is he is bent in the path of allah subhanahu wa taala and you can say well i wish like i was like this so this is a permissible envy so i and the thing i really really envy the sahaba ridwan allah alayhim is that they used to pray behind the one on whom the quran was revealed think about today when we when we pray behind an imam and mela bless you know the, those who have a beautiful qirat you you listen to the qirat of quran it's it's so beautiful when you listen to the kalam of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala being recited beautifully by somebody it touches your heart and connects you to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala now whose recitation could have been better than the recitation of muhammad mustafa sallallahu alaihi wasallam the recitation of the one who received the kalam so the sahaba did this they prayed behind him and then the 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 uh, fadila of the sahaba was that these people were witness to the asbab and nuzul of those ayat right so when certain ayat when nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam was reciting certain ayat there would have been many sahaba among those praying behind him who actually remembered that incident on which the ayah was revealed asbab an nuzul even we know if you have studied the quran if you have studied tafsir if you have studied books like al waqid and so on and so forth we know the asbab an nuzul of this ayah this ayah this ayah but we know only because we read or because we learn that in a class or something we are not witness to that we we i can't say i remember you i cannot remember i i know what the thing is which i have read but i can only remember what happened to me the only generation which actually remembered this and this is the fadilat of the generation is the generation of the sahaba ridwanullah alayhim they were there when it happened they were there so imagine there nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam is reciting surah al imran and he is reciting about the ayat of uh, of uh, al uhud and there are sahaba there who are, who were there in uhud then they remember those times and the difficulties and what happened and so on and so forth he is reciting uh, surah al-anfal in in which allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentioned the battle of badr and the sahaba there many people there they remember this so subhanallah this we were there in badr and this is what happened and so on and so on right and surah al-ahzab and then in in uh, in uh, which is about the battle of ahzab and then in surah tawbah we have the uh, ayat of of uh, al-hunain and so forth and so on and so on but there is one person there was one person among them 
who when Rasulullah sallallahu recited that ayah, there was only one of them who could say that I was there. And I was witness to that. Nobody else. The only other witness was the Rasul alayhi salam himself. Only one person who was the witness to that ayah. What is that ayah? The ayat is Surah Surah Tawbah. Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, A'udhu billahi minash shaitanir rajim. Illa tansuruhu faqad nasaruhu Allah. Iz akharajahu alladheena kafaru. Thaniya thnayn. Thaniya thnayn. The second of the two. Iz huma fil ghar. Iz yaqulu li sahibihi. La tahzan inna Allah ma'ana. فَأَنزَلَ اللَّهُ سَكِينَتَهُ عَلَيْهِ وَأَيَّدَهُ بِجُنُودٍ لَمْ تَرَوْهَ وَجَعَلَ كَلِمَةَ الَّذِينَ كَفَرُوا السُّفْلَةَ وَكَلِمَةُ اللَّهِ هِيَ الْعُلِيَةَ وَاللَّهُ عَزِيزٌ حَكِيمٌ Allah said it does not matter if you believers do not support Rasulullah do not support him for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did in fact support him already when the disbelievers drove them out drove him out of Makkah and he was only one of two. While they both were in the cave, he reassured his companion, Do not worry, Allah is certainly with us. So Allah sent down his serenity and his sakina upon the Prophet ﷺ and supported him with forces you believers did not see and made the word of the disbelievers lowest while the word of Allah is supreme and Allah is almighty always. This is Abu Bakr the only one who remembered or who could have remembered because he was the only one who was there. Many, many years later, I want to end with this because much more, inshallah, maybe tomorrow, next next time I talk. I want to end with this. During, after Rasulullah passed away in the time of Abu Ghraib, there were the wars of Ridda. There were people all around Makkah and Medina making, leaving Islam. And Abu Bakr Siddiq sent troops to fight them and he himself went. And at that time, people were very worried because they were, obviously the Sahaba were, were extremely worried. They were worried for, in terms of danger, they were worried because it looked like the Rasulullah passed away and, and Islam is going to get wiped out and there's no Islam left anymore and what will happen and so on and so on. And they saw that Abu Bakr Siddiq is in complete peace. There is no sign of any worry on his face. Nothing. So somebody asked him, they said, Ya, ya, ya Khalifatul Rasulillah. That was his, he was the only one with that title, Khalifatul Rasulillah. He said, Ya Khalifatul Rasulillah. This is very strange. I mean, you know, you, are you not worried? I mean, you, this is your baby, literally. I mean, you, you are the head, right? Are you not worried? He said, Alhamdulillah. From the time Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala revealed this ayah in that cave, he said, I have never feared anything. All worry, all concern, nothing. Because Allah said, Allah said, Allah has sent Sakina on him. Eh? He said, This Sakina is with me. No fear. This is Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu anhu. We ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to help us to get inspired by the 
lives and the actions of the true heroes of this world. People who are connected with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala jalla jalla and who Allah loved and they loved Allah and who Allah was pleased with and they were pleased with Allah. And we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to join us with them on the day of judgment. Not because we deserve it but because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is arham ar وصلى الله على نبي الكريم وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين برحمة الله وبركاته